I'm Andy, and uh, I'm one of the leaders here, and uh, I get the mic for a few minutes, which is really cool. I'm gonna, if you've got a Bible, would you turn with me to Colossians chapter 1? I want to read a few verses. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go from verse 15 to, where shall we end? Probably just verse 21. Isn't it great? I love baptisms. And I'm actually going to, I'm actually part of this message is baptism. I'm going to kind of build on the excellent stuff that Mark just shared. Um, but I'm kind of going to come at it from somewhere else slightly. So you might think at the beginning, this isn't about baptism at all. But it's going to sneak up on you some point in the message. <laughs> so I'm just going to read that passage. It's uh, Colossians <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 15. It says, He. That is, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. I just want you to kind of make a note of that, that by him, that is Jesus, all things were created in heaven. So the unseen realms, as well as the seen and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, so often we think about creation as just physical creation, like the earth we stand on, the physical stuff that we experience. But here he's saying that Jesus actually made all the authorities that exist, both the visible ones and the invisible ones. And there are invisible ones. You just can't see them, otherwise they wouldn't be invisible. That's the basic logic. But sometimes because we can't see them, we don't think they're there. But actually this is saying there's the, the, there's the visible realm and the invisible realm. They all have authority happening in them. They all exist and they were all made originally by Jesus. <clears throat> That's the first point. And then <laughs> he created all things through him and they were all made for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he's the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in everything we he might be preeminent for in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross and you were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh that is on the cross by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. It's a lot of words, isn't it? What, what's it let me try and kind of break it down a little bit because I'd like to leave you with a couple of things this morning. One is that actually this phrase that sometimes I've reacted to God is in a good mood, I think is a brilliant phrase, but I want us to see why. And the other thing that, that's been in my head a lot is when Jesus died on the cross, he said this out loud, he said, it's finished. And I've realized that in my Christian life and many people I've re interacted with, what we think, what we heard him say was, it started. And there's a big difference. You know, starting something amazing is very, very good. But he said he finished it. 
And what this passage is telling us is that everything in existence, the stuff, maybe you don't even believe that the the unseen realm exists, but that doesn't really matter today whether you believe it or not. It is there, and the stuff that you can see is there. He made it all, and it was all made by him and for him. So then it says that by his blood shed on a cross, it was reconciled back to him. So at some point, there was a disconnect that was then a reconnect when he died and shed his blood on the cross. So it was originally all made by him and for him. He made all the authorities, the whole, all the structures of every kind were made by him and for him. But then on the cross, it's, it's like something had gone wrong, so he had to pull it all back. It, was re, it, was rec, it never was intended to be disconnected, but it became disconnected because of what the Bible calls, or, or what we tend to call the fall, or it was the story of Adam and Eve where they, they, they sinned, they, they actually went against God's plan. And at that point, they gave authority in the unseen realm to somebody called the devil. And whether we like it or not, or whether we believe it or not, all behavior on the earth is influenced by the unseen powers and principalities, the unseen realm of, 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 of angels and demons, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus. So we think we are sentient beings who make up our own minds, and that is actually possibly the biggest lie that we could believe. So when you get out of bed in the morning and you feel something, don't, don't you? I got out of bed this morning, but you're all here. You all got out of bed this morning, so we, can all, we all manage that. But as you get out of bed, you may feel something. You may experience something. You may get out of bed and feel amazing because you watched Strictly last night. <laughs> or you may get out of bed like I did this morning. I felt many degrees less than amazing. And I'm preaching today. But where did that come from? Was it just me? Or is there something else going on that, 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 that's kind of trying to sneak its way in? So I'm kind of, I keep getting revelations in the shower. You just have to forgive me. Try not, you, know, you can only see this part of me. Just don't. And I'm in the shower and I'm like, oh, just like, oh. You know, I just, and I got in this track, which I've been in sometimes, which is, oh, I didn't pray enough and I'm, and I feel that ready. And, and then just, just God spoke to me, cracked through my mood and said, um, did, did you pray for the world to turn today? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Is it still turning? Mm, yeah. D- did you pray about that yesterday? No, I didn't pray about that yesterday either. Was it moving then? Yeah. Did the sun come up? Yes. Did it rain? Yes, good. Then you know you're in Glasgow. Just. <laughs> but he was just doing what he does, which is like, hmm. He's an endless ocean and a bottomless sea. It's, like, it's not dependent on how much effort I've put in to this moment. He's here. And it's finished. He already did all the effort. <laughs> So that kind of started to shift my mood because my mood wasn't just coming from me. It was coming from somewhere else. Could you imagine what could happen if week after week I stood up here going, 
well, I'm so depressed. God's not really that amazing. You know, it's just, just what's the point, everybody? You know, church, why do we do this? I mean, and, and I revert to my Birmingham accent when I get depressed. Like, no, just the accent alone would stop people coming. It was like, oh, there's this guy at the front. He just sounds so brummy. He's just so boring. And like, oh, you know, yeah, Jesus. Well, you know, maybe he rose from the dead. I don't feel like he rose from the dead today. What would that do to us? You'd be cringing like, well, what's going on? I don't want to partner with those feelings. I can sometimes have them, but they don't mean they're mine. Anybody ever, just to make me feel better, ever feel, get out of bed and, and feel just a little bit low? Just show hands. Now, Andy, where are you going with this? I'm going somewhere good. All right, just, just hang on for the ride. We're going somewhere good. So in, in, in him, in Christ, God reconciled the heavenly realms and the earth to himself, all of it already done. It is finished, not it is started. Well, why are there still demons? Well, there are still demons, he didn't get rid of them, but he made them squatters rather than having legal rights. And that's a whole lot different. That means we have the authority because of what he did to legally kick them out. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because in Ephesians it says that he, he did all this for the church. That he reconciled everything back to himself and was given all authority again over all things for the church. So our, our job is to not partner with all the negative stuff in the atmosphere and learn what it is to align our feelings and our confessions and our lives with the one who said it's finished. And tune in to his mood about our lives, our cities, our jobs, our families. Do, do, do you? So he has an opinion about you. He has an opinion about this city. He has an opinion about Donald Trump. He has an opinion about the planet, but it may not agree with your opinion. He may be more excited about the earth than me and you. He may be more excited about Glasgow, more excited about you than you. Well, I don't feel very excited about me. You don't know about me. No, I don't know about you, but he does, and he's still excited about you. See, he already reconciled you back to himself. Well, I'm not sure if I know Jesus or like him. Well, that's okay. He likes you. In fact, it's a bit like he, he put a multi-thousand pound gift card in your back pocket. And you walk around with it your whole life until you suddenly go, Oh my goodness, Jesus actually loves me. 
Ka-ching! It was there all along. He already paid for it. The potential for you to be blessed, loved, and celebrated by him is already happened, already released to you. Just need somebody like me to wake up in the morning and go, you know what? He's in a good mood about you. He loves you. Oh, there's this thing in my back pocket I never felt before. It's worth a fortune. It was there all along. So I was driving around Crewe with Teresa one day. Teresa's my wife, and she's from Crewe. And Crewe is a pretty down-at-heel place. For me, you actually only have to say the word crew and depression starts to come towards me. And when you drive around, Crewe and Nantwich are two towns in England that sit quite close to each other. Nantwich is where everybody wants to live and if you've got the money, that's where you live. Nantwich is, sorry, Crewe is the other place, okay? So we're driving through Crewe. It's where my wife comes from and I'm like, Oh my goodness, no wonder everybody looks depressed around here. Driving around this place, I feel depressed. This is such a rubbish city. It's in such need of repair. I mean, it's gloomy. Half the shops are shut. I'm like, people here have got no brain cells to rub together between them. I'm like, all this negative stuff is coming out of my, some version. Is there still... God still loves me. He just don't look at me like, how could you say that? But Teresa said to me, you're just partnering with the mood that's in the place. Stop cursing the town. The people in it are all cursing it. Just don't join in. Although it's easy to do because that's the feel of the place. You know, go in the bank, go in the coffee shop, and you're like, oh my goodness. And hopelessness is really easy to partner with. But that meant I was forgetting it's finished. I was forgetting he's in a good mood about crew. He's possibly the only personality other than my wife who is. But that makes her in the majority. So she says, let's, whenever we're here and we feel this feeling, let's say good things about this town. Well, what difference will that make? What difference will that make? I think it makes a lot of difference. The first place it makes a difference is you. Because, and it's me, because I'm not going, I'm not coming under this atmosphere of, ooh, you know, the Birmingham accent, ooh, crew, they don't talk like this in crew, but they, they feel like this in crew. Just a bit. I'm not a change agent. I'm not a, I'm not a catalyst for hope. If I'm going around going, you walk out in Glasgow on a wet morning again you read of some you know bad news you're like Glasgow but this is why we are trying to change that and make declarations well done JL over our city because God is in a good mood about Glasgow He's already reconciled all of Glasgow to himself. All the power structures that you can see and you can't see are already his. And he's just looking for people to join in with his good mood. Yeah, but it is really depressing on a wet morning. Yes, but in heaven it isn't. 
We get to choose who. All right, so we, 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 on one of our declarations, this comes up, Proverbs 11, 11. It says, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. By the mouth of the wicked, it's overthrown. By the blessing of the upright, it is, city is elevated even is one translation. But by the mouth of the wicked, it's overthrown. I bet you serious money, if I had some, that you and I are more prone to believe that negative talk about the city is going to bring it down. It's a bit easier to believe that the stuff that maybe the papers write or gets broadcast or we hear over all the chat, 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 if it's gloomy, we start to feel it makes a difference. That's fairly easy. I think what this is saying, so the blessing of the upright, we can tend to focus on doing nice things for our city. And of course it includes that, but the, the context and the Hebrew demands that we include what we say about our city, not just what we do to our city. It's the blessing, so it's the mouth of the wicked that pull it down. I want to propose to you that as we partner with his good mood about our city, it's Part, it's what comes out our mouth that can build it up. Yeah, it's true. Do I don't know. It's Glasgow is wet. It's winter. Yes, but it's God's city. Come on. Whoever named it called it Dear Green Place. I think it's because it's God's Dear Green Place. It's a great city. God's on the move in this city. Things are changing in this city. The atmosphere is changing. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. Economy is changing. I went to uh, a meeting. Uh, what was it? The financial International Financial Services District meeting. Me and Neil Petrie went to hang out and network. <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? Neil has a photography business, and I was, I was down as being from there. And then they spoke to me about what I did, so I told them that I helped people come into their destiny. <laughs> but the point was, they're upbeat, because they have been a spark and an engine for financial prosperity and growth in our city, somewhat against the trends. Who's giving them genius ideas to make money in Glasgow? God's in a good mood about Glasgow. Anybody who wants to listen, he's got a good idea. The trouble is sometimes the churches can get so negative, they're not listening. And the people in the International Financial Services District are like, we want a good idea. God says, you can have one. Because he's not in a good mood with the church and a bad mood with the people in the city. He loves everybody. And he's released, the cross has released his favor to everybody. He's reconciled all things already. It's just everybody doesn't know they've got the winning card in their pocket. But anybody can hear a good idea from heaven. It's not just us. Is this making sense? Now you've all forgotten I was going to speak about baptism already, haven't you? Excuse me. Why is this significant? Because when we get baptized, 
we are internally and externally aligning with the reality that it is finished. So we can make all these confessions, but if we have not spiritually crossed the line and aligned ourselves with what he has done, we can still be trapped. Like I thought it was brilliant what Mark said. There is that physical barrier of the Red Sea. If we don't step through, it's still like the Egyptians can get at you. Once you've passed through the water, they can shout, but they have no power. And we just need to learn not to listen to the shout. Are you with me? So this baptism, it's a powerful thing. It's publicly, but it's also a faith thing inside you that says, I choose to partner with Jesus is finished. With Jesus is good mood. With Jesus is reconciliation of all things in heaven and on earth. I choose to partner with that and I step away and break my connection with that. And I'm able to do it because he's already destroyed that power. He's already disempowered that. And there's an alignment taking on and then we start to live our life from that place. So I want to encourage you, if you've not been baptized, talk, talk to us because it's really important. It's how you line up with God's good mood. It's how you line up with the reality that he has finished the job already. And then we start to implement what he's already accomplished. The great thing about joining with Jesus in his baptism is you don't have to die. Because he already died. And you're joining in. But water is a lot less painful than nails. Isn't that nice? Isn't that kind of God? So you don't have to kill your old man because it's already dead. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, not I will be. So the, the body of sin is done away with. The power of sin is broken in our lives. We're not subject to it. We don't have to obey it. Doesn't mean it doesn't lurk around every now and again. But it doesn't have the authority to run our lives anymore. You have authority over it, not it over you. Now, sometimes things can come up and you think, oh, that's an attractive idea, or that's a gloomy idea, and all the feelings come with it. That doesn't mean it's powerful. It just means it's an idea. The the, the devil can mess with your feelings, because he's trying to make... Remember, he's been disempowered. All things are now reconciled to Jesus. He's the head over all things. What the, and, but the devil is still in play, but he's fundamentally defeated, and he's playing for time. So what he's trying to do is make you and I feel like he's more powerful than he really is. So if we feel like it, it must be true, eh? 
My feelings tell me the truth. Is that true? How do you feel about that statement? No, God tells us the truth. He always tells us the truth. And the exciting thing I've found out, the truth is always better than what I feel. Even if my feelings are up, he's upper. Because he's in a good mood about me. Which is kind of fun. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Not sure. Okay. Let's give it a little more of a push in the good mood direction. Let's come to church and get sad. And we'll change the world. Because everybody will want to be feeling about life like we are. Now he's trying to manipulate my emotions. No, I'm not trying to manipulate your emotions. I'm trying to make sure your emotions are not being manipulated. Yes, well, church is just a place where you get brainwashed. No, church is a place where you should find out the truth because everything out there is brainwashing you to try and persuade you that darkness is going to win. And that's not true because goodness has already won. And, and as a church, and as churches, I believe all around the planet, we're discovering that it is finished. It's done. He conquered. He triumphed. He reconciled. He's the ruler now. He's in charge. He's in a good mood about everybody. That's a shocking thing. He's in a good mood about people who are doing ugly stuff. But as we gain confidence from the reality that when he died and rose from the dead, it was finished and all things are reconciled to him, we have confidence to go to the ugly places and tell them that God's in a good mood with them. And they're shocked. Because they don't feel like they deserve God's friendship. They don't feel like they deserve love. They don't feel like they deserve uh, goodness. And they don't. But they're still getting it. Just like us. We don't deserve his blessing. We don't, but we got it, didn't we? Woo we got it for free. We got it for free. How do we do that? Somebody told us about the gift card in their pocket. We thought, my goodness, it's true. Now, Jesus was so convinced, so convinced that this was true, that he didn't need anybody else to convince him. He doesn't need to look in the mirror every morning and say, I really did change the world. I really did save everybody. I really did reconcile the devil to me. I really did win. Because he never has a day when he just thinks, well, maybe it didn't work. I'm looking down at the planet and I'm, I'm having a bad day. I need to convince myself that this is really true. 
And he goes to the father and says, Father, I'm having a bad day. Did we, re- did we really? You know, that 2,000 plus years ago, did we really fix it that much? Because it's not looking that fixed down there. And they have a little conversation and Papa God gives Jesus a pep talk. And the Holy Spirit joins in and comforts him and says, there, there, never mind. <laughs> and that isn't what comforter means. Can you imagine heaven? Can you imagine the destabilization of Jesus ever going, oh, crap, it didn't work. I've got to go and do it again or more. And the Holy Spirit saying, we're not going through that again. Jesus doesn't need convincing. He doesn't need to remain uh, convinced because he just is. Do you remember on the planet he said, not I will become or I was once. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Basically he's saying, you can't kill me. I may look dead and he was dead physically, but he had the power of an indestructible life. He never had to convince himself that he's awesome. And he is just over and over again in different ways seeking to persuade us to line up with the reality of what he said, which is it's done. And we're all at different points. We're all having our bad days and that's, that's okay. But the point is he's got the end of the rope and he's pulling us onto his mood. He's pulling us into his thinking. He's persuading us that it's settled. He was so convinced that he'd done it that he told his disciples to go and disciple nations. And and we've made that go disciple individuals. And of course, individuals need to be discipled. Don't misunderstand me. But the thrust of what he said was go disciple nations, not go disciple people in nations. Do, Do you understand the difference? He was actually saying, disciple, train. He said, baptize them in the, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I've commanded you. He's saying, "What? <clears throat> go and change nations so they experience me and they know my stuff. Not necessarily save everybody in them, but change the nation so it is and feels different. It's lining up to the reality of what I've done. He sent you. Poke somebody next to you because it's definitely for them to change the nation. The nations. Go disciple nations. Now, it's great that we make individual disciples, but the target, the goal, the, the passion of Jesus is much bigger than that. He said, go change nations. And this isn't hype or hyperbole. It's not just... It's not a rah-rah message to get everybody happy on a Sunday morning. He's utterly convinced that this can be done because he knows he's finished. Do, Do you get me? He's not he's not going, 
well, you know, if we just get everything right, if we can get all the money together, and if I could persuade enough people to believe this, and, you know, if we can get some real strategic people, you know, particularly some, you know, some celebs saved, and, and we get the right politicians in place, and if, if, if I can work hard enough for the next two millennia, then we'll disciple nation. No, he's just saying, I've done all the work. All authority in heaven and earth is now under me, so you have the authority to change the world. And he's training us to agree to believe what he believes about the planet and about ourselves. And fundamentally, faith, so what's faith? Faith is believing what he believes about you and the world and the planet rather than believing my opinions about me and the world and the planet. Faith is believing God's opinion about you. Like Abraham, God said to him, Abraham, you have no children. You and your wife are barren. I'm calling you father of many nations. That was God's opinion of Abraham. Abraham looked at himself and said, you must be kidding. Looked at his wife and they laughed. But whose opinion was true? (laughs) I'm trying to help us out here just to. Jesus is utterly convinced that it's possible to change nations. And he's convinced because of what he did. And he's lining us up to that reality. And as we see people baptized, they're saying, I'm a nation changer. I'm coming up free to change the world. As we make our declarations here on a Sunday morning, we're saying we're here to change this city. We're going to bless our city with our words. We're going to tell them. We're going to tell the heavenly realms that God is releasing his goodies and his goodness and his good mood and his health and his prosperity and his wisdom on our city so it becomes the best city to live in that anybody's ever heard of. That's possible. Because we're here. We are the salt and the light. We are it. He was the light of the world. Now we're the light of the world. He said we're the light of the world. The church is where the hope lives. The church is the place that governs the spiritual atmosphere of the city. If if the devil can get the church in a bad mood, he knows it's going to make the whole city in a bad mood. If he can cheer us up and get us, if Jesus can cheer us up and get us agreeing with his good mood about us and the city, guess what? The city's going to be happier and it's not going to know why, but we'll know. It was us. It's going to get happier and, and more blessed because through the mouth of the upright, the city is exalted. When we rise up, everybody gets the benefit. Glasgow gets smiles better, not from stickers or slogans, but from the church. Being who she is, changing the atmosphere, not partnering with the gloom and doom that's in the atmosphere. I haven't got much time left to get you happier. I have to land soon, so. Isn't it good news? You know, 
the gospel means good news? It's good news, and it's good news for every single person that is alive, has ever lived, and will ever live. It's good news for culture. The, go- the gospel isn't just good news because he's going to save you and you're going to go to heaven. The gospel is good news for culture, for industry, for business. It's good news for education. It's good news for health. It's good news. Jesus said that he was going to come set captives free, give sight to the blind, and release the oppressed. He was going to get people out of prison. That's the kind of good news. It was good news to the poor. Remember, this is an extensive array of targets for good news. You know, I'm already happier than when I began preaching this message. I hope you're with me. It is is a real joy to just get to do this. And and hopefully it's encouraging you. I just want to kind of land with this this idea. He, He was so confident in what he'd done that he said, go change the world. But he was also so confident in what he was about to give the disciples. So we celebrated a baptism today. That's part one. But part two is that he said to all these disciples, the the apostles, he said, go change the world, but just before you go, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power on high. Yeah, but Jesus, you said it's finished. You said you're in a good mood to the whole planet. You said we, you've done it all so that we can change the world. Yes, that's all true, but just pause. Pause before you take action. Pause before you go. I know you're all fired up, excited. You've seen me raised from the dead. You know we're going to change the world together. You know the cross was uh, its finished moment. The, 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 the devil is defeated and I am exalted and I'm the king of kings and lord of lords and all authority has been given to me and so I'm sending you to change the world. But pause until you receive power from on high. Then you'll have the full kit. So Peter stands up, preaches the first evangelistic message, and he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus was backing what he'd done for them and backing what he was going and who he was going to give to them. And so our, our persuasion here, our conviction here is that you need to be baptized in water as an initiation into the faith. You also need to be baptized into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent to come on you, to fill you and rise up inside you. Power from on high is the inheritance of every believer. And you don't just need him once. We just need him to keep flowing and keep coming and keep manifesting in us, on us, and through us. So, Andy, if that's not happened to you yet, we'll pray for you, because he wants you to be filled as well as wet. <laughs> this is how we change nations. Believe what he did and receive what he sent, knowing that he's always in a good mood with you and everybody else. Can we just stand together?
And can we have ministry team out the front of the usual spot, ministry team badges, etc. Just while we pray together, if the ministry team could get themselves organized, that would be great. Guys, I'd just love us to pray together for a moment. And if you've not already done so, or even if you have already done so, just in, in this, this talk, why, why don't you join me in lining up with, with God's opinion of you, the city, and the nations? Is, is that okay? We can just pray together. I'm just going to pray that out, and you can pray with me, agree with me, and, uh, and then we're done. Father, thanks for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you came and you died for me, but you died for us. You included the all of creation, not just me as a person and as an individual. Thank you you said it's finished. Thank you that all the stuff that was created has been reconciled back to you. So I want to agree with you right now, Father, that you love me. I want to agree with you, Father, that you are in a good mood with me right now. Just, just say amen to that if you possibly can. He is in a good mood with you and me right now. Father, you are in a great, great mood about the city of Glasgow. Not only three people believe that. It's a shame. <laughs> Come on, just, 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 just agree. Let your mouth say something good about this city right now. Think of something good to put on your lips and say, let Glasgow flourish. This city is amazing. It's, it's a creative city. It's a prosperous city. It's going to be a healthy city. It's a city that I love. It's a city that he loves. And Father, thank you. You're in a great mood about our nation, Scotland. And our nation UK and about Europe and you're not wringing your hands over Brexit or Trump or any of that stuff. We declare your goodness to our nation. We declare your goodness to our continent. And we believe that you are changing everything in our generation because you changed everything when you rose again from the dead. Thank you for your blessing on us as, as, as the nation of Scotland. Thank you. Why don't you just say some good things? Bless Scotland with your words. Come on. Prosper Scotland, God. Prosper us. Heal us. Unite us. Encourage us. Let thousands be saved. Tens of thousands be saved. Let people be raised from the dead and blind eyes see and families be healed and addictions just broken off and people and the causes of addiction and the outcomes of addiction be healed in Jesus' name.